It's time for the Hockey Writers Grindline. A weekly show covering everything Detroit Red Wings. Brought to you by our own iconic top line of Wings writers. Sit back and enjoy the grind. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hockey Writers Grind Line. I am your host, Matthew Zator, and as always, joined in by my defense partner, Devin Little. Devin, we're into, we're close. We're close to preseason games. We've had Traverse City wrap up. We also have training camp well underway a couple days in. Uh, hockey's back, in my mind. Uh, we got we got everything. We're talking about actually stuff happening. We got players uh, lots of news coming out, um, some of it not so good, but, uh, you know, that's what we love. We love news. We, we, <laughs> we've been talking about nothing the last, like, few weeks, and now we actually have stuff to talk about. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> uh, it It is great to uh, officially be in hockey season, right? You, you know, even, even if the preseason hasn't officially started yet. Um, there was obviously the prospect tournament last weekend. Training camp has started, like you said. Um, you know, this, this is, this is when every, all 32 teams feel like, you know, they have a shot. This is like the best time of year. Um, this is when enthusiasm is at its peak. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) I, yes. I, and that's probably part of our one good one bad. So let's get going with that. A good and a bad from this past week. There's plenty to choose from. (laughs) Yeah, I'll, uh. I'll take some low hanging fruit here. Uh, one good is going to be that, yeah, hockey back, hockey's back. Um, but I'll also um, be a bit more specific with it because I'm sure we could both say the exact same. <laughs> yeah. <thing. laughs> um, uh, looking specifically at the uh, the prospect tournament that concluded on Sunday, um, I really liked what I saw out of a couple players, uh, namely, well, I'll, I'll hone in on the line mm. of Cross Hannis, Nate Danielson. And Elmer Soderblom um, thought all three of them played very well together. Um, Hannes specifically was a standout for me. Um, thought he and Danielson showed some really good uh, WHL chemistry together. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Soderblom looked like a player who played in the NHL last season against prospects. So that's exactly what you'd hope for, right? Um, so it was good to see, um, you know, not just not just Danielson because obviously he was a he was a top ten pick, but you know, Hannes, who uh, is kind of a forgotten prospect, I feel like, mm-hmm. in the, you know, just how how many prospects Detroit has. I think he's kind of forgotten in that mix. He's definitely one to still keep an eye on. And then, of course, there's Soderblom, who, you know, made the roster last year and looks like he's going to do his damnedest to do it again this year. Um, my one bad, I'm going to stay focused on the uh, prospect tournament here. Uh, it's got to be uh, Sebastian Costa's play. Um, no, obviously you don't want to invest too much stock into what is ultimately a meaningless tournament. Um, they're just exhibition games, right? No one, they don't even hand out a trophy. No. Um, <laughs> so like at the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, but you know, there's, there's such high expectations for Kosa. This is obviously a huge season for his development. Um, it would have been nice to have seen him, you know, play lights out and kind of give you some 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 confidence that all right this is gonna be a real good year for him but um his performance in the prospect tournament did the exact opposite and now now we're kind of uh a little worried that he might be in uh toledo to spend most of his time and that is not where we want to see him 
Yeah, it, it was a little bit, uh, especially we did our uh, goaltender uh, prospect list update and I did it and he was fifth on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Maybe look a little, <laughs> but I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it is an exhibition uh, tournament. We shouldn't read too much into it, but it, like you said, it would have been nice for him to have a good performance because, and kind of settle those nerves that a lot of fans have had about him. Um, he did it in the ECHL to kind of settled that during the last season. But now mm-hmm. I think the concerns are starting again, because we've, like we've said, he should be playing in the AHL this season, not in the ECHL. And it's looking a little bit suspect, especially with some other goaltenders that they've got that could play in Grand Rapids above him. If they don't think he's even ready to play in the AHL, which is not a good thing, but um, goaltenders, as we know, it different levels of development. Some goaltenders peak, some goaltenders develop slower and that's just, that's just the reality. But um, hopefully he can get to have a good season. Cause like I said, the exhibition that that thing is going to be, de- deleted from people's minds if he has a good first month and he does mm-hmm. play in the ahl um i think those concerns will be a little bit lessened but we're just gonna have to wait and see okay my good uh is uh is that uh yeah training camp is going and uh we've got some some good news about edmondson that's the one i like yes yeah that uh he's could be back soon. And that was what uh, Steve Eisenman said in his press conference. And, uh, you know, we were talking about Edmondson, you know, potentially maybe that he could be injured his full time that they were saying, but looks like he's going to be seeing some full contact. And uh, that's a good thing because we want to see Edmondson probably won't be in the lineup right away, but he will be in the AHL and hopefully soon into the NHL. Um, but may have to wait for an injury in the NHL for that to happen. But it's good that he's getting healthy because we want him to be, to be playing somewhere. And that's uh, that's a good for me because that was some good news. On the other side, uh, some bad news. Carter Mazur is, yes. uh, yep. is hurt. Uh, and we said that in the you know last week. But it looks like it is not good. Time, you know, the timeline is not that he doesn't know. They don't know, <laughs> which is not a good thing when you, you know, if it wasn't serious, I would think you would know pretty quick. Yeah. But the fact that we don't know is, is very good. And um, I'll add on to the good too, is Rasmussen was taken off injured reserve and he will be probably playing uh, this, you know, right away. So yeah, you wanted to say something, Devin? No, I was, I was just going to add on to the Mazer thing. They, they, if, uh, if it was not a serious thing, they definitely would be saying day uh, day to day with him. And like you said, they, they don't have a timeline and that's, that is not what you want to hear. Yeah. We want to be playing in the AHL and we even said that he may have had a good chance to m- maybe make the roster if he had a good, good preseason training camp. But um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and hopefully it's uh, not as serious as we're thinking it could be. Um, leg injuries aren't good because you can't read, you can't skate. And that's always a bad thing because it always takes a while for you to get back up to speed when you get get back. If it's like an arm injury or something, you can still skate. You can still stay conditioned that way. But anything that prevents you from doing that isn't good. So um, hopefully we'll hope for the best and Mazur is healthy sooner rather than later. Okay, let's move on to some training camp thoughts that have happened. Traverse City, uh, you know, lots of stuff. We've gotten a couple days into training camp. 
I, like we said, the press conference that Eisenman had gave us quite a bit of information. I, you know, lots of different things. We wanted to take a look at some takeaways. Uh, Jordan Orth, uh, one of the writers of the Hog Writers here, put up a great recap of that. So go check that out. But obviously we'll be talking about it too. But if you want to read it in written form, uh, take a look. Devin, what do you think uh, about training camp so far? Any takeaways that you got uh, that has happened in these first uh, few days? Uh, boy, there's honestly, there's a lot to talk about. Um, so I guess we'll start, we'll start up top. Um, I think it's very clear just through the first two days that we're going to be seeing um, a lot of different looks throughout training camp and probably even into the preseason. Um, you know, day one, the, uh, the top line, so to speak was, uh, Larkin, uh, Debrinket and, uh, Raymond kind of, you know, one of those combinations that we've, we've all kind of thought about yeah. at least once since the uh, Debrinket <laughs> trade went through. Um, and then today it was, uh, Larkin, Debrinket and, uh, David Perron. Um, and, uh, and then even after that, uh, coach Lalone said that he's not married to the idea of Larkin and, uh, Debrinket, mm -hmm. um, being together. Um, so even, even, you know, the one consistency between those two pairings is those two. And then even the coach is saying that's, that's not, you know, they're not married to it yet. Um, so I would expect, uh, you know, it, it seems like everything's on the table basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of exciting because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's maybe a little uh, boring when you kind of already know what the lineup's going to look like yeah. going into uh <laughs> preseason, but boy, it seems like I said, everything's on the table. So we have no idea what um things are going to look like once, uh you know, final cuts are starting to get made Um on defense. I think that the biggest takeaway I have there is that um, both Simon Edvinson and Albert Johansson um, were skating with uh legitimate NHL talent, at least on the first day of camp. Um, Edvinson was skating alongside Jeff Petrie and, um, Albert Johansson was skating alongside Shane Gostisbehere. Um, now that day, Ben Sherratt wasn't available. So, you know, kind of an asterisk there. Um, but regardless, you know, I think that speaks volumes to where they think both of those guys are. Um, we know Edvinson's going to get a call up at some point this season, unless, you know, miraculously every defenseman stays healthy and, you know, whatever. Um, but also, you know, we, we've heard the talk that uh, Johansson was really close to getting a call up um, last year and um, seeing him skate with Gostisbehere, I think, is kind of proof of that. They they do think highly of him. So um, if if one of their young defensemen is going to force their way onto the lineup, um, it's going to be one of those two. At least it looks uh, it looks like it's going to be one of those two. Um, so excited to see, you know, if they give themselves the opportunity to do that, basically. Mm. Um, and as someone who's a big AJ fan, choo-choo. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, um, this is kind of a minor thing because at the end of the day, um, PTO's tryout agreements don't always go anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think it's interesting that the Red Wings invited um, goaltender Michael Hutchinson on a PTO. Um and, you know, if you're not familiar with, with him, he's a 33-year-old 30, veteran that's kind of been around um, both the NHL and the AHL for like the last decade. Mm -hmm. um, spent a good couple of years as like the backup in Winnipeg. Um, last year, uh, finished off the season with Columbus, was part of the Jonathan Quick deal that sent him to Vegas. Um, he's been around the block a couple of times. He's, he's been there, done that. He played in the Calder Cup final in 2014. Um, 
So he's got a resume, right? Like, um, if Alex Lyon wasn't in the picture, I think you'd look at Hutchinson and be like, oh, he'd be great to have in Grand Rapids to, you know, have there for Kosa and Lethman and uh, Bednash and, you know, everyone. That he's, you know, he's a great veteran mentor. But Lyon is there. And, you know, Reimer's there, too, for what it's mm-hmm. worth. Um, you kind of already expect that one spot in Grand Rapids is already taken, and you expect that Kosa or Lethman or whoever is going to take that other spot. Um, but Hutchinson could easily play himself into into a contract, and you know, for the sake of the Griffins winning games, which is important, mm-hmm. I think Hutchinson would help the cause. But also, you know, does that then force Kosa into another year in Toledo? Is that worth it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting stuff. Like I said, at the end of the day, PTOs more often than not don't go anywhere and um you know they're it's just kind of a temporary uh pairing but boy um if Hutchinson looks good in camp and maybe he plays a couple games in preseason it might be something to look at because we all kind of figured we, got, we kind of figured we knew what the goaltending depth chart was going to look like in Grand Rapids this year uh Hutchinson kind of threw a monkey wrench into that mm-hmm. yeah I, I was surprised to see that PTO as well I mean it, it looks to me that they're like, we're not really sure about COSA. We want to have maybe some insurance. Now, obviously, they didn't sign Hutchinson uh, to a contract. Yeah. They signed him to that PTO. Um, if you want to know more about him, I did drop an article about those two PTOs uh, this morning. Uh, about Artem Anisimov was another uh, PTO that they added. Um, what it's worth, I don't know if it really is worth anything, but Anisimov was Alex Dabrink at center in Chicago, but... Obviously, he will not be playing as his center <laughs> in Detroit. You imagine <laughs> may see in the preseason, maybe. but uh, I would say that's not in the cards in the, in the regular season. He would be his sign. Um, but uh, it's it's worth to note that uh, he is uh, he did have some success with DeBrincat in Chicago. Obviously, much younger at that time, but uh, you know he's a veteran of a lot of games. He, he's had four twenty goal seasons in the NHL. Um, it was interesting to have him in there. I mean, it could be just extra bodies to, I mean, some of these PTOs are just to fill a roster and, you know, have them around um, and to showcase themselves for other teams that may, you know, Oh, they played well here. Okay. We'll sign him. Same thing with Hutchinson could be the same deal where a team looks at, and he has a good training camp, good preseason. They say, Oh, you know, this, this guy could work in our organization. And then they, he signs there. So it's, it's interesting that he is in camp. We'll see where it goes, but both those guys, I don't foresee being part of the roster on opening night because it would be pretty interesting if Anisimov, or especially Anisimov makes the roster because there's a lot of forwards that um, you'd hope could get it over him. <laughs> 36 year old guy that, um, I mean, he played in the AHL last season, had 19 goals, but he's on the, I mean, that's all he's really going to be doing now. And uh, we'll see, but uh, it's interesting. Those guys were added because there's a log jam on both those positions forwards and uh, goaltending. So um, it's a little interesting that they were added to the mix, but um, it's always a good thing to talk about. It's uh, good storylines for training camp. But yeah, we'll see what happens uh, in the preseason. We'll have two preseason games to talk about in our next episode. So we'll see these lines in action. Uh, in game situations. So uh, that's going to be fun to to talk about after that. And if Hutchinson gets into any of those games, we'll have to see. Um, But I mean, early on it is, they usually split, like split the periods with the goaltenders. So may see a few of those guys um, early on. So 
that'll be interesting to talk about. Okay, off the rush. Now uh, we just talked about those PTOs. Uh, what's the percentage that you think um, Anisimov and Hutchinson have? I mean, is one more of a chance than the other? Or uh, are you thinking that they're just going to end up being released from those PTOs? Um, I, you know, I, you never want to write anybody off because, you know, you, you never know. And depth's good to have. Eisenman clearly is a big fan of depth. Yeah. Um, I, I don't foresee Anisimov earning a contract. He hasn't played in the NHL since 2021. Yeah. Um, I just would be shocked. And maybe he gets an AHL deal. I mean, you know, maybe that's on the, mm-hmm. on the table for him or in the cards. Um, I, you know, I, I'm going to put it at like 1% because <laughs> you never say never, but I, I highly doubt it. Yeah. Um, Hutchinson, I still say no more than yes, but you know, I, like I said, I think it's, it's interesting and something maybe to keep an eye on, especially if, um, you know, Kosa doesn't, you know, his, his play from uh, the prospect tournament carries over to the preseason. Um, and you are still kind of going into the season worried about him. Um, I'll put him at like 25, maybe 30, 25 to 33% um, as being able to get a contract. I don't know if it's going to be an NHL contract. Maybe it's an AHL contract, maybe, you know, whatever. But I would say uh, more likely than not, he won't get one. But I think there's definitely a chance he'll uh, he'll earn himself a deal. Like I said, he's a quality veteran and has yeah. been a uh, a quality veteran for a long time. Yeah, he's been the ideal like third goaltender in a lot of a lot of cases that he just comes up and just uh you know fills in. Didn't have a very good season last <laughs> with Columbus. I mean I, I mean how I how does a goaltender did. be good in, in that situation? <laughs> um yeah, he, he played a bit there, had a really bad goals against average, but <laughs> I, I think any goaltender there didn't have very good uh season last in Columbus. So um, I don't think you should take that with anything. All right. Uh, before we get to our la- next couple player previews, we're getting to the end here uh, before the regular season starts. But uh, until we get there, uh, here's a message from the Hockey Writers. Interested in writing for the Hockey Writers? If you have experience writing about hockey, are passionate about the sport, and are looking to take your writing to the next level, the Hockey Writers could be the place for you. Here at THW, you will have the opportunity to hone your craft at one of the world's largest and most respected hockey publishers. You will have control over what you write, be able to seek out media credentials, and be supported by a large network of writers and editors. Plus, you'll get paid for doing it. If you're interested and want to know more about team openings and requirements, please visit the Write for THW page on the Hockey Writers website. A link to that page is also listed in the description all right well let's get into our next player preview and we're going to talk about the number one defenseman on the red wings uh top pairing Moritz Sider. i you know we've talked a lot about him on the show this past season uh how he had a, a bit of a you know sophomore slump i don't know i mean he you know he won the won uh, the calder trophy as we all know in his rookie season um had a bit of a down season up until point where he was switched partners and then he started kind of looking like the old Maurice Sider uh, when he had a defense partner that he could actually trust and uh, Jake Wallman. So he's going to have him back this season uh, as his partner right from the beginning. So what do you foresee uh, Maurice Sider having for um, expectations? What do you have for expectations for him this season? 
uh, in short, more of the second half of last yeah. season. <laughs> um, you know, and, and to your point there, you know, found instant chemistry with Jake Wallman and kind of reverse course on his season. Um, I don't see any reason why he and Wallman won't be together to start this season and, you know, into the end of the season unless yeah. like crazy things happen. Um, and as long as that chemistry stays there, I, you know, I think Cider could have a real big year. Um, personally, I kind of want to set the expectation that he gets some Norris trophy votes. Yeah. Not saying he wins it, <laughs> but some votes, right? Yeah. Um, because he certainly has that potential and he's a number one defenseman. If, if, uh, the Red Wings have the kind of season they want to have, he's going to, you know, catch some eyes. People are going to kind of take note of him that it wasn't just a one, you know, he's, he's not one of those, uh, called the trophy winners that has one good year and then kind of just becomes a guy. Yeah. Oh, no. I think, I think he has the potential to be something much more. Um, I, uh, I'd like to see him get back to the 50 point plateau. Um, like he was in his, uh, in his rookie season, um, maybe even higher, especially with the added firepower that the Red Wings added, maybe scratch 60. That would be really, really nice. I think at that point, you're almost guaranteeing he's going to get some Norris trophy votes. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I just want to see him continue to build on what he was doing at the end of last season um, and uh, kind of start to assert himself as one of the best defensemen in the NHL because, you know, as we've said multiple times on the show, he has that potential and um, he's still young enough to where um, his best days are still ahead of him. Um, and that's that's exciting. Um, I think that um, if if we're at the end of the season and he's – anywhere from 50 to 60 points, a positive plus minus fingers crossed on that one. Um, I don't even care if the Rebels are in the playoffs or not. I think, I think they probably had a good season because the number one defenseman had a really good season. Yeah. I, he, I think he has a potential of having a really big season too, because like I say, if he's with a partner that he trusts and uh, you know, he can just be free to what, what he does best um then i i definitely see that and he's he's already has confidence in his ability uh to be that type of defenseman we saw it in his rookie season um and then again after he got uh with jake wallman so um i i see that pairing as being consistent throughout the season um unless like you say something crazy happens and we hope nothing like that happens because you have injuries uh, to one of them which could happen um you know, and I don't foresee, I don't foresee that the chemistry just goes away all of a sudden. Oh, they can't play together. No, I don't see that happening. Um, so they're definitely going to be trusted as a, a top pairing this season. And uh, we'll see uh, how Cider gets points wise. And he'll definitely have lots of opportunities to get it. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> all right. On the other side, let's talk about their top forward, arguably uh, Dylan Larkin and uh, the captain. And uh, a guy that just signed that big extension as well. So he's here for the long haul. Uh, what do you see Larkin this season? I'm sure we want to see at least what he did last season. At <laughs> least, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of funny. Um, you, you let it off with, you know, their best forward, maybe, arguably. Because uh, I think that just kind of goes to show the growth of uh, this year's team. Because... Yeah. You know, every other season that this show has existed, he's, you know, there was no question he was their top forward. Yeah. Um, And now here we are uh, today, and there's maybe a little bit of a debate, and that's honestly good for the Red Wings. 
Um, and good for Dylan Larkin too, because that's going to be a big reason why he could have a really big season. Mm. Um, he has a uh, certain, you know, new teammate that he might be able to feed for a lot of goals. Uh, we talked about him earlier, Mr. Alex Debrinket. Um, if those two play together, I know, you know, I mentioned that uh, Lalone said he's not married to the idea of them together, but I think they'll be together. Oh, yeah. right? <laughs> I, I think I think they'll spend some time together. Maybe they don't start together, but I think, you know, I've, I've said this before, back when um, the deal was made, I think you acquire a player like Debrinket to put him alongside Dale Narkin. So, um, you know, no matter how we get there, I think we're going to end up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that comes the possibility that Larkin hits, you know, some career marks at the age of 27. Um, last year, he had a career best season, uh, 79 points in 80 games. So just shy of a point per game, um, but still, you know, a really good season. Um, I think you want to see him crack 80. I think you want to see him crack mm-hmm. maybe 50 assists. Um Get a nice 30 goal, 50 assist point or 50 assist season. Um, I think you're pretty excited about it. And he might even push 90 if things mm-hmm. go really go really well. Um, if Debrink gets pushing 40 goals, I think that Larkin is probably gonna be pushing 90 points just because they're probably playing together a lot, right? Um, so I think uh I don't know. I I, I remember last year when we did these play these player previews, I was like adamant that like this year I want Larkin to have a career best season point blank. And like, you know, I had all these benchmarks I thought he needed to hit. Um, and for the most part, I mean, he, he hit my requirements, right? He had a career best season, yeah. and, you know, good, good for Dylan. Um, this year I I'll say he needs to have a career best season because he has the most talent he's played with ever. Um, and just because of that, he should be able to hit 80 points, mm. but I don't know if like, I need to say he needs to hit 90. I don't know if he, you know, at the end of the day, I just want him to establish chemistry with, you know, all the new players, especially to bring it um, and look like the top center he's being paid to be. Um, you know, there's with, with his new contract, there comes a whole new level of scrutiny to it. Um, people are already on him about what he is and what he isn't. Now he's got an even higher, uh, price tag so i imagine that stuff's only going to ramp up um it's going to be on him to uh kind of just you know prove the doubters wrong i think he's perfectly capable of, capable of it i think that um steve arzeman has equipped the team around him to allow him to have higher success this season but at the end of the day it's gonna be on him to do it and for what it's worth i think he's perfectly capable of it um i'm excited for uh I'm excited for Larkin because, you know, for argue, well, except for his first season where he did, they did play, make it the playoffs. Yeah. It's probably the first time in his career where they have an honest to God shot at making the playoffs. And uh, I'm sure he's really excited about it. I'm sure he's not the only one, but as kind of like the lone player left from this rebuild. Um, yeah. He's, he's got to kind of lead them into the new era. And that means, um, you know, having a, having a real big season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's, he's cap- definitely capable because like you said, he had that, that career best season last year uh, and was a, you know, we say arguably the best player. Uh, that's great to say, like you said, because, um, you know, before he was the best player, there's who else was, was there, I mean, <laughs> but they do have a few other guys that could contend with that. Alex to now. Um, you've got Lucas Raymond, 
uh, you know, those two guys definitely could be in the conversation as best forward. Um, but I still say Larkin is probably there um, until Lucas Raymond kind of proves it a few seasons in a row. Um, and the same thing with Debrinkat. It We know he's really good, but is he going to be really good in Detroit? Yeah. That's the question. And we're hoping that he is. Um, I'm thinking he will be. But it's like, it's it's just until we see it, we don't know. And uh, we'll get to see it pretty soon. All right. Uh, off the rush. I've got three questions. And I just thought of them all in this last like bit. Um, one's, yeah, the first one, uh, you mentioned Moritz Sider as Norris Trophy votes this season. Now, I'm not saying he would win it this season, but do you do you see a Norris Trophy in his future? I it's tough because he's you know he's not the Kale McCarr type he's not the mm-hmm. Quinn Hughes type he's not the Adam Fox type who puts up you know a ton of points um and just you know if, if you're gonna put him up against the Kale McCarr he's gonna have to be like dominant yeah. defensively to like <laughs> even have a shot at it um now I'm not gonna handcuff him or handicap him and say no he won't because of all these other guys um, I think he could win one and maybe mm. it's one of those kind of like, um, one of those like later in his, later in his uh, career where it's like, he's been a really top tier defenseman for a long time. Let's kind of give him his flowers and let him have yeah. one. They, <laughs> they do that crap all the time. So like, I, I could see him being the uh, beneficiary of one of those. Um, but I also think that he could very well just earn one on his own merit. He's, yeah. you know, like I said, when we were talking about him, he's, his best days are still ahead of him and he's already pretty darn good right now. Yeah, I, I think he could, um, but so many good defensemen in the NHL. And right? <laughs> that's why I say I I really think they should create another trophy um, yeah, for these guys that uh, are like Cider, may not put up the 70, 80, whatever craziness uh, points that these defensemen do, but, you know, consistently puts up the 40 and, uh, you know, is just good good all around and not the these guys that win the Norris trophy aren't always the best defensemen um because eric carlson is not eric carlson <laughs> eric carlson is not uh, and he's won how many three three <laughs> so yeah and kale mccarr i'd say is is better defensively than carlson oh, sure. definitely is um, you know, guys like Quinn Hughes getting better on that end. He hasn't won it Norris, obviously, but I think he has that potential. Um, but I just find that they should create this new trophy that just kind of gets these other guys a chance to win it, to win a trophy too, because I just feel like you have to be ridiculously good to offensively to have a chance. And yeah, but that's a whole like whole other can of worms you want to open with that one. <laughs> All right, next question uh, is on Dylan Larkin. Now, you said that he could maybe hit 90. Do you see a 100-point season in his future? That's big uh, because, I mean, not a lot of guys hit the triple digits there. But uh, does Larkin have that uh, that capability to do it? I really want to say yes because we we love hyping up Larkin on the show. Um, but I'm going to say this. Pavel Datsuk had a career high of 97 points. And we all know how great Pavel Datsuk yeah. was. 
Um, he didn't crack a hundred. He came darn close, but he didn't crack a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, you know, all with all due respect to Dylan Larkin, I, I definitely think that's who's yeah. <laughs> his ability to just do things and put up points. So I'm going to say no. Um, I definitely think 90s doable. Um, I think a lot of things would have to go right for Larkin to hit mm-hmm. 100. And um, even then, that's asking a lot because if Pavel couldn't do it, I don't know if uh, I don't know if Larkin can do it. <laughs> yeah, and he had some talent around him. Uh, Absolutely. Well, lots of talent <laughs> that Suk had. There were the high-powered uh, Red Wings when he was around. <laughs> But argue, you know, not arguably, uh, but he was the best two-way forward um, I'd say the Red Wings have ever had um, yeah. in like offense and defense. That what was he like tops and takeaways almost every season uh, yep. amongst yep. forwards, and like you. <laughs> Be careful around him when he, you had the puck. <laughs> and and he would make you look silly when he did it too. Like it wasn't just yeah. like a good poke. Like he'd, he'd yeah. take the puck from you, not just poke it away. Thank you. <laughs> I know it, he was, he was amazing. They, they call him the magic man for a reason, right? So absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, that got up a little bit on a little tangent. We always love to, to talk. Always, about. always have time to gush about Pavel Datsuk. <laughs> All right, last question, and this is uh, – we'll talk about the preseason coming up. I, the two games they got before we uh, get back together is against the Penguins on Tuesday and then the Capitals on Thursday. Do they win any of those games? Now we know who cares about preseason, about, but victory is always good. Uh, what do you see? It. I know there's going to be weird lineups and stuff, but it's always fun. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely kind of taking a shot in the dark here because we don't even know who's going to play in those. I know that's what I say. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if we have a crystal ball. We could get to. <laughs> uh, I'll say. I'll say uh, they split it one and one. Um, I'll say they beat the Capitals, lose against the Penguins. Good, good split. Whatever. I don't know, like. I say the it, the lineups are going to be weird. Right? I don't have any top players in any of them. I don't know. We'll see. But. Uh, <laughs> Fun to watch preseason, which is it's coming up. So we'll get to talk about some takeaways, not about the games if they won or lost, and we'll say some. We'll we'll talk about it, but about how the players played in, in those games because that's what we care about in preseason. See how everyone performed, what the lines are, uh, you know, defense pairings, all that fun stuff, and we'll talk about that next week. But uh, Devin, thanks for joining again. Uh, talking Red Wings, we've got great great season ahead uh lots of excitement hopefully lots of wins to talk about but uh you know there's going to be a lot lots of uh storylines throughout the season uh, especially early on with the new players and see how Debrinkat plays with the uh, with the players that he plays with and we may see that in the first preseason game um i'm hoping so uh yeah I, make sure you're following us on hockeywriters.com we've got like I say, still those previews stuff coming out until the season starts. And we'll have lots more of that. we got prospect stuff. I know Devin, you're going to be focusing on the Griffins a lot this season. So um, look out for that. I know you dropped that uh, first uh, notebook type uh, post. I'm, I'm assuming that's going to be a regular thing. So uh, there you go. So keep an eye out for that. The Grand Rapids Griffins got a bit extra coverage this season. Thanks to Devin. So uh yeah, keep following us over there. And uh, Hawk Raiders Grindline, uh, Twitter is still around. Uh, make sure you're, you're following us there. 
subscribe to the YouTube channel and give us a like on uh, on YouTube as well. Keep with those comments as well. Um, we said we're going to have Comment Corner coming back, but we'll get it back. Uh, Definitely next-, next week. We're done with the previews. <laughs> we're done with the previews. We have Comment Corner coming back next week. And we have uh, a few questions we can grab already from previous uh, days. So Don Don, be patient. We'll, we'll, we'll get to your question. We'll get to it. <laughs> I know you dropped, you've dropped a couple since uh, I believe in the last uh, couple episodes. So uh, we'll answer at least one of those next week. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you on another episode of the Hockey Writers Grind Line.